0: This is a classic podcast from Unqualified Gamers. Hear more at unqualifiedgamers.com. Here we are, on the eve of the fourth. The fourth night episode of Unqualified a video game podcast. Did you say the night episode? That doesn't make any sense. The Fort the Fortnite. The Fortnite episode of Unqualified. I don't think that's what Fortnite means. Alright. Cody Smoothie Goth
1: And this is Jonathan Martin, uh, one of your other hosts of Unqualified, a video game podcast
0: Not Jonathan Smoothie Martin? Uh, no, no, I hate smoothies Well, you should drink a smoothie and then you wouldn't hate it That's science How's everything going? Fine, it was a good follow-up week uh, with video games for me I actually did Beat Portal 2
1: Hey, I challenged you to do that, so that's fantastic.
0: You certainly did, and uh, last week we estimated there were like 14 chapters, and I was on chapter 6 or 7. There are 9. There are 9? Yeah, there are 9. Really? Yeah. Uh, man, why did I think there were more than that? I have no idea, but uh, it was a pleasant surprise to me because I was making very, very little traction. And I'm like, alright, it 3 days, I beat 1 chapter. <laughs> it 3 days, I beat 1 chapter. When Oh, wait, there's the end. Can we all agree that the best name
1: for any chapter in any video game is the one where he tries to kill you? It absolutely I think. is. Can, can we agree on that? We can okay.
0: definitely agree. That I was going to comment on that. But um, but I don't want to start the podcast by talking about Portal 2 because I, I'll get to that later because there will be spoilers. Okay. Uh, but So we should talk about your game first, which you beat as well.
1: Yeah, you know, I teased it. Uh, well, I didn't really tease it last week because I had started it, but I was talking about La Noir. Um, it was and, a tease for me. And how much will I, I tease you as much as I can? And uh, and how much how much I was kind of liking the start of it. And um, and I'll I'll just say up front that I'll probably spoil a bit of the game too, but I certainly won't spoil towards the end of the game, which I I liked a lot. So um, I, I talked a lot about how it was a lot different than Deus Ex, which I had been playing. So I'll just jump right back into it. Um, The last time I talked about it, I had gotten through, it's a game, it's a game where you're, you're solving cases for the LAPD in the 1940s. Um, It's right after, you know, it's, it's, it's after World War II, everybody's come back from World War II, and uh, the, the world is, the United States is like at this huge industrial boom, everybody's moving out west, everybody's coming back from the war, and suburbs are popping up everywhere, and, all the G- the general infantry that's coming back is looking for good places to live, places to start a family. Um the economy's doing awesome, so everybody's kind of, you know, trying to get a piece of that pie. And that's really what the game is all about. Um so everything seems ideal in the world because, you know, everybody's getting a chance to to have their own little little house with their yard and their two and a half kids. Yeah. Their white picket fence, that kind of thing. But uh throughout the course of the game you you get a really good idea of just how corrupt LA was around this time frame. And maybe not just LA, but it acts as kinda like a as corrupt as some of the the general United States was at this time. So um, the developers of the scheme are Rockstar, like I said last week. And I really and, and I'll say it again, I think Rockstar might be one of the best storytellers of our generation right now of video games um they they treat their their games with such like an adult atmosphere that i completely respect they don't hold anything back they really get into the nitty-gritty of 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 everything like the p like you really feel like these are, are real people and that's hard to do that's really hard to do in a video game to make the characters seem like people that you could actually see in real life. But I'll go ahead and talk about the way that like the game is, is structured. Uh, you start off as a cop, I said that last week, and then you, you get promoted to a detective and you start off in traffic. And uh, I, I don't think the game does a very good job of of really letting you know how the game is going to end up being structured. Because when you first start and you get into the traffic desk it makes you feel like every case is going to be its own little solo experience. Each of the cases in the traffic desk is unrelated to the next. So like you do one and it's, it's cool. It's got, it's its own little story. So it's it's, it's like, it's a series of vignettes. Uh, You do, you do one. It's got a beginning, a a middle and a conclusion, and then you're done. And the case is wrapped up and you move on to the next Mm. one. They're completely unrelated. The traffic desk desk is really cool because it, it, really gets you involved in the systems of the game you're going from uh, place to place finding all of the clues of the case you're interviewing suspects you're determining whether they're telling the truth or lying um, or or they're holding things back you can catch them in lies and produce evidence to to show why they're lying and it's really cool because if you if you're questioning them and you do something wrong it lets you know that you that you answered the question incorrectly and you really get a feeling by the way that they act and what they say to you that you missed a vital piece of information. And I, I found myself, I, I didn't ever go back to, to do the cases over again, which you can do, because I wanted to really make it feel like I was investigating these cases and I might not have done something quite right. So I always felt like when I, when I answered a, a question wrong or I asked a question the wrong way or I thought somebody was lying when they weren't, that I really missed out on some piece of information that would have helped that case. So that was really cool. It really made me feel like I was like investigating these mm-hmm. cases. Um, so the main character, of the story is a guy that comes back from, comes back from the war. And it, I got the, I, I got the impression throughout the course of the game that he was an officer before he left. And he came back to the same job, um, a police officer. And, Okay. Yes, exactly. He was a police officer before he left. He wasn't a detective. Uh, and you he's such a serious guy, and and some criticism of this game has been that he's boring, but I don't I don't think that's the case. Like he you can tell and they, they give it to you in little chunks of information that he had something really bad that happened during the war. He was in command of, of a unit. Oh and and something happened he did something and you don't find out until the very end of the game what that is so i definitely won't spoil that to you but you can tell that something happened kind of made him the way that he is um he just he has very little sense of humor there's this one moment in one traffic case where he makes a joke and it is so awkward like <laughs> like you can t- you can tell that like he just he he is a very troubled individual, and i really i it, I really like sympathized with him like I knew something was up with him, and I knew that he was he was trying to compensate by by his investigating these cases and i mean he on, on the force you get the impression, and everybody tells you that you are like the best case man that they 've ever had so like you know that he 's compensating for something so so you 're getting this these general little stories. There are newspapers you find, and I talked about that last week too, but there's newspapers you find that that cut to a group of individuals that are seemingly unrelated to anything at the start of the game. As the game continues, you see how they are very important to the mm-hmm. story. But like they are up to something. Like Something is going on. Don't understand how they're related yet, but they're probably going to be related later. But they... You know, with the the fact that the voice acting is so good, and just the well, the acting is good because it was it was done with with motion right. capture stuff. Like it, it just the the characters are awesome. Like you, you know, they they are just they're really really well developed. So there's there's those, and then in between each case, almost every case, you get a flash to Cole Phelps, your main character during the war, and how he operated as the commander of this unit and he's a decorated war hero according to uh paper like according on paper he's a decorated (laughs) war hero According to paper well yeah like on paper on paper as he as he came back from the war he's like a decorated war hero so like you you know you get the impression he was like a badass during the war he's a badass investigator but something went horribly wrong and you don't know what it is and he's trying to compensate for that. And, and is
0: that compelling? I mean, is that uh, do they focus a lot on that, or is that just something you picked up on personally as a player? It's not
1: important to the main story. The main story is telling a, diff- a different okay. story, but it gives you insight into his character, mm. which I, th- I think is important because if you, can, if you can sympathize and relate to this character in some way as a human, it makes his interactions in the story later important. Okay. And, like, it, it makes you feel for him as the story continues. So, so anyway, you know, we, we're, we're through traffic. And, like I said, traffic was all these individual little cases. And that's how I thought the game was going to be. I thought the game was going to be each individual little case with continued flashbacks to him during the war, continued, like, continued flashbacks to this other group of, of shady individuals. And that was how the game was going to be set up. Well, you get to homicide, and you—that's the second desk that you sit at. And you investigate your first case, and these women are being left in the middle of parks or in the middle of like the street. They've been stripped of all their clothes. They've been choked to death, and they've—they've they've had like rings cut off their fingers. You know, they've had a piece of jewelry taken from them very violently. Um, and you, these are the, this is the first case you investigate. You investigate the case to its completion. You know, you book some guy for it, and the like. The next case that you that you take on, the exact same thing. You find a woman dead naked. So you start to think there's some sort of overarching theme to these stories. And there are six cases at the homicide desk, and each one is set up the exact same way. So this is I I really felt like this is where the story started picking up in the game. And I'll tell you what, I'm a sucker for a good story in a game. Um, like a well written a well written story will carry me through, through, through
0: even a bad game, as evidenced by the last game that you played.
1: Right, and while the story, while the characters weren't good in that one, the the world and the that story yeah. was great. So that's exactly right. Well, each case in this in this one is building on the previous one, and you can see that there is a relation between them, and obviously the characters do do mm-hmm. too because they're detectives. You are getting closer and closer to. The fact that you you have a serial killer on your hands, but you 've been booking suspects that you think have caused these that have committed these crimes at the end of each case, so like you realize at the end that you have booked five people that have not committed any crimes at the end of this homicide case, and it's like, holy shit, if we don't find the serial killer, the shit's going to hit the fan because we've you know we've committed five people in, and None of – they're all innocent. So the final case in this is – it's almost like a Da Vinci Code style case where you've got this serial killer who's leaving you clues and you're tracking him down because the serial killer thinks he's a genius in what he's doing. And you know how the stereotypical serial killer is, is – uh, is they're, they're almost – supernatural in terms of like how, how they, what they think of what they're doing means, means something that kind of thing. Well, very much the same. It leaves, they leave a bunch of clues. You track down this serial killer and it builds up to this just epic, epic crescendo of a story and spoiler, you find the serial killer at the end and you catch him. So again, throughout this whole time, you know, you're getting more insight into Phelps's character but the the real showcase is this story with the serial killer.
0: Now, you said if you book the wrong person, obviously shit's going to hit the fan and that's no good. So, if you book the wrong person, it just doesn't flash on the screen like, "Oh, game over." And then, you know, it's over and then you you go back a little bit and then restart. It what happens if you book the wrong person? You get
1: chewed out by your by your commanding officer and you move on to the next case, which is great because it 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 there's no like fail states in the game. Okay. Like there's yeah, the only fail states are like if you get shot during a piece of action yeah. or something like that. Um, and the game, and, and speaking to that just as an aside, the game does have some action scenes to it, and I mentioned those last week, and that's certainly not the game's mm-hmm. strength, but the game does a really smart thing where if you fail an action scene three times, a menu a dialogue option pops up. It just says, do you want to skip this action scene? It will not affect your progress in the slightest. Wait, what?
0: Really? You can skip combat?
1: Yes, because... And and you can look at this as both a positive and a negative, the negative being they knew the action scenes weren't necessarily all that great yeah. <laughs> so they give you the option to skip them. But it's it's also the fact that they they realize that the story is going to be why people play the game. And if people don't want to have to deal with the action scenes that they put in the game, I mean I think that they really they're they're there to mix up the gameplay. But, you know, if you don't want to have to deal with it, you can just skip it. And I only skipped one because I thought it was dumb, and it didn't it, like it didn't make any sense to me, and I couldn't really even figure out what you were supposed to do during this action scene. But I loved that I could do that, and it literally didn't affect anything. It shows you exactly what happened, and I just moved on with the case. So the fact that that was in there, I thought was great. Um, I thought it was a good decision. Interesting.
0: Uh, although I I do agree with you. That's kind of that's kind of a cop out, isn't it? Kind of an admission. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? It's an,
1: It's an admission, it's like, yeah, we know this wasn't so good, but, you know, that being said, the game was in development for like six years, Mm -hmm. so I don't think it would have been easy just to go back and remove those particular things, because some of them are directly related to story. In fact, they're all directly related to story elements. So, you know, you couldn't just pull them out and have the story continue to make sense. They kind of had to be there.
0: Well, that's not so bad.
1: Yeah, and the game's got a system where, I mean, you're cops, so you shoot people. So the game's got a got an auto aim system, basically. Mm-hmm. It makes it it makes it you don't have to be good at shooting games at all. It just locks on to, to people for you, and you just pull the trigger. So I mean, it it knows the action is not its strong point. It makes it as easy as possible to get through those actions. Okay. Um, because the real strength is is interrogating suspects and finding evidence.
0: And you can can you mess up every case? I mean, can you book the wrong suspect in like five cases in a row and then just keep going?
1: Yes, because. There are some cases where it it would be impossible to book the wrong suspect. All of the evidence would lead to this one suspect in this case. As you got to that suspect, they would try to run. You'd have to gun them oh, down. Oh yeah,
0: okay. This, this makes it pretty obvious.
1: Yeah. So uh, I mean, obviously they are the ones that committed the crime. They do a good job of of having those cases in there too, because you like you, you can't you can't fuck up those cases. You can get the wrong evidence and like have a harder time tracking down this suspect. Mm-hmm. But like overall it it all make to me it all made sense like it like there was nothing that didn't make sense when you were doing it, and if I failed something, they still did a good job of leading you in the right direction so that you could at least solve the case, whether you did it correctly or not so
0: how do you lose the game
1: Well, you don't lose it by finishing the cases, whether you finish them correctly or incorrectly. The only way you can game over and restart at a checkpoint is if you die or if a suspect that you're supposed to take alive, you kill.
0: Okay, but other than that, you can mess up a lot and just keep kind of plowing through.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: What do you think about that?
1: I think it's great. I think that's great because, like, it it makes you feel like there are different paths to the game. I mean, per- personally, I, I, I hate game overs in a game that's trying to tell me a story because, it, especially as a video game, because we are... We are still playing a game. So if you game, if, you, if, if they're telling you a single story and you, you game over something, it makes me feel like I'm just kind of along for that, for that yeah. ride. I don't have any license in the story at all. But in this case, the fact that I have some... I, when I make a choice and it's wrong and the story continues, I fucked it up. Me as the player. I screwed something up. The story continues, there is still story there. I screwed something up though and the story is directly related after that to my fuck up.
0: But that's the way video games have always been is you mess up the the intended storyline and the game over happens.
1: Right, but I I think that that's one of the things that's pushing the video game video games forward in general as like an interactive media.
0: Yeah, so you like this you like this direction.
1: I do. I love it. I love the fact that there are branching stories in games now. Um because I more than ever before i think it really gives the player a feeling of of license over the story if that makes sense
0: yeah no and that makes sense i mean this kind of thing it was teased i guess you could say or they've done things like this in games like sakoden where you could have characters permanently die that, that happened in that game right yeah yeah, yeah so well because your choices. It's not like they die and you can just bring them back to life. Now that's different because the overall story is going to be the same, but there are still permanent consequences, which is what it sounds like La Noir does, but to a whole new level. There are permanent consequences, and they affect the entire story.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think no matter what the the, the game is going to end the same way, no matter how you you fuck up the cases, um, it's still going to end with with the same ending the, um I, I mean if you really want to talk about a game that's that did its best to try to do a branching story you can talk about heavy rain sometime which was for the PlayStation 3 which the whole game was all about branching story oh okay but but this game still it gives you a feeling like it's got a branching story and i think that that is that is commendable i commend the game for that because i i really felt like i had license over the story during the game but, to get them back on track a little bit, um, you finish homicide, you finish with this just epic, awesome crescendo. Um, there are a few action scenes throughout the the course of the game at this point, and most of it is just the investigation so like this the game was so strong at this point in the game, and then you you get. Promoted, um, and I use that in quote. You can see me using quotes. It's playing very well over the radio, but you know, extraordinarily, right? But um, you get promoted to Vice, which Vice in co- in like cop speak is is kind of drugs and prostitution. Oh, so you get promoted to the Vice desk, and you've got partners throughout all this, all, all of these different desks, and you get a you get a partner who you can tell something's up, and I, I mean that's all I'll say because he's important to the overall story later that i don't want to spoil but the game takes kind of a weird turn like the the game turns more into an action game at this point there are a lot more action sequences and again that's not the strength of the game Mm -hmm. um the investigations are a lot more straightforward the the questioning turns a little more basic like you start to investigate people who are obviously lying all the time Mm -hmm. so like it's a there's there's less subtlety to the part of the game that I really liked, and then there's okay. there's more action sequences that I I didn't like. So that wasn't all that great. Now there's an overarching story to the Vice Desk as well. That's pretty interesting. But the thing that really starts to pick up is you start to get more insight to the main character, and that part of the game I thought was awesome. And and I'll give you an example. And this is why this is why I think Rockstar is so freaking awesome at storytelling. There's a part where the, the partner, uh, you're driving to your next destination and the part, your partner's in your car with you and you guys don't like each other that much. And he starts to get under your skin because they show Cole going to, and this will be a little bit of a spoiler, but they show Cole going to, um, this jazz nightclub that your partner introduces you to and listening to this woman sing, this German immigrant, She's a German immigrant. She's a jazz singer, and it just cuts to him at the end of some of these cases, and it just shows him like going in. Um, that he goes in by himself. He sits down at a table, you know, and he just—it's late at night, and he—he's watching her sing. And uh, there's a there's a point in in the vice desk where you're driving, and your partner starts to get under your skin a little. Bit. He starts to ask about your family first. He asks about you going to this nightclub at night. Then he asks about your family, and you find out which they have given you no clue up, up to this point because they've only ever shown Cole at work, but they give you, you know, he, he asks about a family and Cole says, yeah, I've got a wife and kids. Your character. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And it's just in this dry, It's just in this short drive to your next destination. And then your partner, um, your partner, Roy asks about, you know, see at the nightclub all the time, watching, watching Elsa, this, this woman sing. And, you know, basically, Cole is like, you know, fuck you, Roy. I'm done talking about this. <laughs> so later, in a very subtle, subtle way, you, you cheat on your wife. I mean, you, you go to Elsa's apartment one night, and you go in at night, and it is strongly implied that you, you sleep with her. And later, your wife leaves you. I mean, I you know, and this is a main character that I, I like. Like, I sympathize with him. I like him. And he does this and you can tell it's, it's mostly because he's just this horribly troubled individual, but you realize just how flawed of a character he is, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's, this is, I think, and, and I'm, I don't have a lot of experience with the noir genre, but I think that this is a very, uh, it's a, it's a very common trope with noir that your main character is very, is flawed in some way. And uh, he's got it. He's obviously flawed. So you've, you've lost your kids and you've lost your wife at this point in the game. That's a serious thing. I mean, like you're talking about a video game here something, you know, traditionally video games are for children.
0: Well, it's 2012. I don't think they've been for children for, for a while necessarily.
1: Right. But I, I think to the general, to the, to the outside public, I think that there's still a, an oh, there's idea. Definitely. That,
0: a, yeah. Still right. That they're
1: still, for, that they're for kids. This is not like a normal type of, of uh, plot plot point that you would see or think of if you were an outsider looking into to the video game industry so i think that the game takes a lot of risks and a lot of chances at doing stuff like that and it's so subtle the way that it does it because you don't even really know he's got a family other than just this conversation you know
0: yeah you don't meet them or anything so that leaves a lot to the imagination and that's pretty cool
1: yeah and it does show your wife leaving you but that's about it i mean it just shows her packing your stuff basically throwing you out and then,
0: now, no are a lot of these scenes that that take place in game graphics or are there a lot of full motion videos they're cutscenes. Uh, uh, scenes yeah okay.
1: there there's there's quite a few cutscenes um the game doesn 't try to keep you in the moment mm-hmm. um like that it does it does take you out, but knowing that the game is telling you a story i they didn 't bother me at all um the, again you know we've we 've shifted to action at this point and and but the the story the story at this point is where you really start to realize some corruption that's going on because the story, the overall story on The Vice Desk is all about some government-issued morphine that came back from the war and got onto the street somehow. And, you know, it it basically makes you think, how did government-issued morphine get onto the street? There had to be some sort of diversion going on once it came back. Right. So... And remember, all throughout this time, you're, you're finding newspapers that are, that are showing you cutscenes of this group of individuals that's really shady. So something happens at the end of Vice and it basically puts you at the arson desk, which is the final desk of the game. And I won't talk a lot about the arson desk because it's really where the shit just hits the fan <laughs> and you find out everything. But there's a really interesting uh, design choice to take you away from cole phelps you are no longer cole phelps at and the arson desk you have been playing this game for like 10 to 12 hours at this point and suddenly you're in a new character and you're in a new character for the last two cases of the game and it's important and i don't disagree with the choice i actually think it's done very well and i think it's it's uh like the, the the ending of the game for me was was awesome you, you start off at the, arson, at the arson desk and, like, you know, you start off with these house fires and it's, it's a house fire and it's arson. Right. So every, everything's been burned to the ground. There's not, like, a lot of evidence around. But you're fucking Cole Phelps. So y- you, you think something's up. And the police force hates you now because this is the 40s. And if you cheat on your wife... It's adultery. It's a punishable offense.
0: Oh, that's true. Well, no, wait, but you're not Cole Phelps anymore. No, it's no, 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 no. At
1: the beginning of the arson desk, you are. I jumped. Oh, at back. the
0: beginning you yeah, are. Okay. Yeah,
1: I jumped back. So you're, But you're fucking Cole Phelps. You are a badass investigator.
0: Right.
1: And, and the police force and the world hates you because you cheated on your wife and you, 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 know, you screwed over your family. So you're trying to reprove yourself to everybody. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you're going to find something wrong, even though there might, I mean, it's a a house, it's two house fires. Like there's, there's nothing to find in two house fires. They're just house fires that started, Mm -hmm. but you're going to find something wrong. So you do, and you quickly uncover that these are not just house fires. And I'll leave the story at that because the rest is a very quick buildup to a very, what I thought was an interesting and very corrupt, um, corrupts discovery and I think it's done very well but here's the great part about the game you are one dude and this discovery is so big that it goes to the larger portion of the entire government when you discover it so use your imagination and think how much can one dude do when the corruption is so deep And so many people are involved in it. Uh, Like, how how would one person bring that down? And that's how, you know, I'll leave it at that. But that's that's kind of the question that 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 the game addresses. Um, So it's great.
0: Like, I and it wraps it up in an interesting way. You think? And it it answers that question to a degree.
1: Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, Good. All right. And I I think if I told you how. I felt at the end of the game, it would spoil it. Okay. Um, But the way that they make you feel is is intentional. Mm -hmm. And I loved that.
0: So it's a game with a message.
1: Yeah. I, it's a message. It's a message in the sense that it lets you know just what the, like just what the, the, the forties were like, like, (laughs) like, like it was not all, all roses when people came back from the war and the economics were booming. Yeah. Um, there were people that really tried to take advantage of the system as kind of, I, and I mean, who knows how true the message is, but I think it tells a really, really good story. And if you like games with story and any of those game systems sound interesting to you, like I 100% recommend this game. I had so much fun with it. Um, it was not without its flaws, but I, it was really good.
0: Now, what, how long did the total game take?
1: You know I'd probably say i was I played it for about fifteen hours. um It felt maybe a little long uh, okay. I, I don't know i don't know if some of the cases could have been kind of cut out and abbreviated, maybe meshed together some mm-hmm. of the discoveries you find in them to link the overall story together. maybe they could have been um, spread over a shorter period period of time mm-hmm. but i I personally loved the the like the investigatory part of the game. I loved the talking to people. I loved the, uh, with the, with the interviewing, I loved the finding evidence, um, and linking the evidence together, using it to find out when people were lying to me and stuff like that. Like, I loved that. I just, and you really feel like a professional investigator. So I think the game just hit it. Like, I think, I think it was, it knocked it out of the park in terms of what it was trying to do.
0: Solid. Okay, so you give it a you give it a a good recommendation for sure.
1: Yeah, I would absolutely recommend playing this game. And I I guess you have to check it out. Yeah, and I guess the uh, from what I understand, the downloadable content to the game is like, you know, the the cases are the are the are the whole point of the game, Mm -hmm. and it's the fun part of the game. And for ten bucks, you get like four new cases to the game nice yeah so like they they've done a really good job of setting a good price for <laughs> for the amount of extra content there is and it may be one of the very few games that i i think i'm actually going to explore the downloadable content for it because i really liked it that much in terms of playing it
0: oh you're not usually a dlc kind of guy
1: i'm not no i i kind of i kind of i don't like having to put up extra money after i've already put up money for a game so it's,
0: it's a lot of people have really strong feelings against dlc
1: they're not, they're, I mean, mine aren't super strong, but it's just like, I, I've already paid 60 bucks for a game. It, it's like, you know, paying 10, 10 bucks four times for four pieces of DLC, some of which are like an hour or two long. That just yeah. doesn't, you know, that doesn't
0: do it for me. I understand, I understand. And uh, if I decide that I have no regard for my Microsoft points, I may be doing a DLC review of some Modern Warfare 3 map packs in the future.
1: But to be fair, that DLC is a, is kind of a different way it's it's a different thing because it's you're you're paying for dlc to play with people like yes the whole point of that game's multiplayer this would be single player campaign story stuff dlc
0: definitely i understand now and i did download some dlc for some other single player games that i could talk about in future podcasts sure. but um but yeah they're very hit or miss they're very well i guess i'll say uh castlevania lords of shadow uh, which i played on ps3 did you play that i did and i loved it yeah, Oh, it was amazing, but you didn't get the downloadable content, correct? I, I didn't. Okay, so the ending, there's a twist ending that I won't get into, but you know the twist ending. Yep. Uh, and the, there are two additional chapters that they add, which bridge the gap between what happens in the last chapter of the game and the twist ending sure. at the end of the game. So it bridges that gap and explains what happened in between. And the first chapter is fun, I and mean, it's pretty cool and i liked playing it and it was a good time and the second chapter is only one uh section you know uh because the chapters are developed are, are divided into you know between 3 and 12 sections basically yeah. yep. uh this chapter is only one section and i played it for over an hour and a half and didn't reach the end so it's an, it's an unbelievably long chapter some of it's very very frustrating and when when you when you put things into one section it's really hard to to plow through the whole thing. Yep. Because there aren't like stopping points. It's not like, oh, you play for 45 minutes or an hour. Okay, good. I got to a stopping point. You have to just plow through the whole thing. Um, not worth it. I never even finished it. Hmm. Um, and it actually is reflected in the DLC reviews because that first chapter has like a 4.6 rating um, on the PS Network, and then the last chapter only has like a 3.8 rating. Yeah, well, so, so you can tell other people agree. So yeah, it can be super hit or miss. And, and and La Noir only has the one DLC package, right? No, you
1: can actually download each individual case too. Oh, okay. And, and those are those are like three bucks a piece. So you can save okay. a little bit of money by downloading the whole thing. Yeah, but none of the I I didn't think that any of the cases were really boring, like or
0: bad. Yeah, okay.
1: Right. So uh, like I I would have high hopes for the DLC. Now I haven't researched it at all. But I don't think I'd have any problems putting up some money for it, to be honest. Yeah, will was... check.
0: Yeah, we'll check the feedback and the, the the user reviews on the cases because I'd be interested to see how much of a, a variety there is in the ratings. You know, maybe three of them are super good, but one's terrible. But you might as well get it because you know you can buy them as a package.
1: Right, and each it's got one new case for each desk too, so each of the cases is going to be different.
0: Yeah. Well that's good. Well there is each each a different desk. So there's an arson, a uh, a homicide, a vice, and what's the other one? Traffic. Traffic and traffic. Okay. Oh, well that's that's interesting that they give you some variety there. Exactly. And so since you said you 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 said you loved the um you said the arson desk was very interesting, but you also said that the homicide was a lot more Character-focused than the Vice desk, so you might want to just go for the Homicide DLC. Well,
1: ex- well, other way around. Homicide was all about the story of the cases. Vice was more about the overall story relating to your main character.
0: Oh, that's true. I meant in terms of, of play control, uh, Vice yes. focused more on combat right. in the cases, and everybody was lying. And, and Okay, the the characters, I guess, in the cases seemed more interesting to you in Homicide. Exactly, exactly. Got it, Okay. Well, very cool. Well, I'm excited to to hear how the DLC works out.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad I played that game because it was it was awesome. It was r- yeah. really awesome.
0: And the, the more I hear about these great games you're playing, the more I wish that we were playing the same game at the same time sometime. Yeah. Uh, which will be happening as of our next podcast because tomorrow is the release of Final Fantasy XIII 2.
1: Yeah, which, uh, I, you know, it seems to me that either people loved Final Fantasy 13 or <laughs> they loathed it there hated are, it yeah, are there, I mean have you talked to anybody or seen anything where people are just like yes it was okay because it seems to me that either people just bitch about it or they defend it with their lives
0: well our friend Brad is pl- was playing through it and I remember he said he got about 10 or 15 hours in and then just stopped were his words but he didn't he doesn't seem to hate it he just stopped so, that, so he could be the one exception in the world uh, to that, but I mean, I, I loved it, and you loved it too, right? I did. Okay, now I haven't read anything about Final Fantasy Thirteen 2. I know literally nothing about this game going into it. Okay. At all. Have you, have you been looking into it? Because some games, you know, actually, I don't think in the last five years, at least, I've ever done any research on an upcoming game release. Do you read up a lot on upcoming releases so you know like what to expect usually?
1: You know, I think by by virtue of the podcasts that I listen to, um, and yeah, I would say that yes, I do uh I do get a lot of information about games before I end up purchasing them.
0: And is that to inform your financial decision or just because I mean, because like Final Fantasy thirteen two, I guess is one of those games where and this is what makes me a different video game purchaser than you there are there are well there are a lot of games that I know I'm going to buy, no matter what and this is one of them and this is one of them, you know like like Zelda, Skyward Sword. I knew I was gonna get it. I didn't need to know the reviews or the ratings. It's a Zelda game right it's a Zelda game on the Wii I'm gonna buy it, Metroid other M. I mean, I knew Team Ninja was developing it, so obviously I was going to get it, but other than that, I, that's all I needed to know. Metroid plus Team Ninja equals Cody is buying this. Uh, you know, um, so that's how I am with Final Fantasy Thirteen Two. Are there any games you're like that with, or do you always do the research?
1: You know, Final Fantasy 13 too, I haven't, I haven't read or, or heard about much at all, um, and that's probably why, because I have had the opportunity to read about it, but I... I've actually avoided that, and, you know, I guess I haven't really thought about it, but that's probably, that's probably why. Probably
0: why, just because you knew you were going to get it anyway? Exactly.
1: Um, I was the same way with Batman Arkham City, actually, um, because I loved the first one so much. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Yeah, definitely. I loved the first one so much that any of the stuff, you know, when I'm I'm listening to podcasts, I can't really, I can't really avoid it if they start talking about it, but most podcasters, you know, are really good about not spoiling stuff. They just talk mm-hmm. about games in generalities, but um, I didn't read anything about it. I didn't read any reviews or anything, and that's because I loved the first one so much that I I knew I was going to get the second one.
0: Right. Okay. Um, well, in any event, I, I don't want to talk about Final Fantasy XIII too much because it came out a couple years ago now, but for a micro-review, I will say it was great, but the first 20 hours is a tutorial.
1: <laughs> and that's, I mean... And you have to realize just how big of a criticism that is because you're just telling somebody, yeah, you know, just muscle through 20 hours of gameplay <laughs> and then and then you'll get a good game. So, I, you know,
0: I know. And that sounds that sounds rough. But I mean, you love the game, too, but you don't disagree, correct? Well, I for, mean, for me, for
1: me, the um, the the systems of the game, like the battle systems of the game are so good. Mm-hmm. And they're so dynamic, and they were so enjoyable that it was enough to carry the game until the game opened up.
0: See, for me, it was the story. And we just got done talking about how if a game has a good enough story, like with Deus Ex, you will plow through some questionable gameplay decisions just so that you can so you get that story. And I thought in Final Fantasy XIII, the voice acting and the character modeling and every part of the storytelling was unbelievably phenomenal, personally.
1: And you're wrong. Uh,
0: oh, but, really?
1: Uh, well, I think the voice the voice acting left much to be desired in the, that game.
0: I thought there was some some to be desired. Yes. Okay. I, I guess I'll rephrase that. But I, I guess I thought the dialogue the way the dialogue was written uh, was well done, and the way I mean the characters' movement was amazing. I thought at least it, it, the the characters were moving in a very very believable way. In terms of the acting, I guess? Yeah, I could agree with that. But yeah, okay, so you didn't like the voice acting. Well, listen, it's a step above Final Fantasy X. Let's at least agree on that.
1: I can agree with you on that.
0: I think everyone can agree on that. Even our listener can agree on that. I
1: think our listener can agree on that, too. (laughs) Yes. There was no Waka laughing, and that's that's good enough for me.
0: Oh, God, so good. So bad, but so good. Okay, well, so there's our... So that, yeah, that's... uh, that's our teaser. That's, I... that's
1: our teaser for next week. I'll tell you, it's going to be difficult to uh, to not spoil it for each other. We're going to have to. We're going to have to uh, be really careful.
0: We... I know. We're going to have to check in with each other on exactly like how many hours we've put into it. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> so right. It could be interesting. Um, well, we'll get into that next week, and, and I have a follow up just like you did from last week as well. Yeah. So, uh, so you beat Portal two. I beat portal two, which we mentioned last week, I believe we estimated was thirteen or fourteen chapters, right. Uh, and it was it was in fact nine, right. like which which whatever numbers happen. yep, uh, I must say, I think I stopped playing the game because I got mad at one hard puzzle. like one room where you just don't know what to do, you don't know where to go, you can't figure it out, and you get frustrated and you just stop playing. Okay. Which, which I think has happened in a lot of games. I think there are RPGs people play where there's that one dungeon that they can't beat. You know, games like that. You know, I don't think it'd be a spoiler to say which room it was. Which room was it? I don't even remember. <laughs> it was a nondescript room in the giant underground. Well, the whole thing is a giant underground. I believe in Chapter 7. I believe Chapter 7 was the low point of the game for me. Okay. Because it, it just got very frustrating. And the puzzle solutions were just so hard for me to find. Um, but then it immediately got better as soon as I got to Chapter 8. So because, there, there's... <laughs> because you
1: got back into test rooms, right?
0: Yeah, I got back into test rooms. So there's literally like half a chapter in the game. So I'm going to have to redact most of what I said in the last podcast because, frankly, most of the game isn't frustrating or really super difficult. I, in fact, I remember at the end of the first Portal game... Do you remember the last few chambers in the first Portal game? I do. They were ludicrous in in concept. They were. Like, I remember seeing the puzzles, figuring out what I needed to do, and thinking to myself, this is ridiculous. I have to shoot a portal, and then while I'm in midair, find where to shoot the next portal... And then land in that portal, get shot out of another one, shoot another portal into something else, and then get sucked into some vacuum. Shoot like you literally had to do everything in a very precise way, and shoot the portals exactly where they needed to go in order to actually get through these rooms. I agree. And, I agree. Yeah. You
1: know, I had one. I had actually one portal or puzzle in the original Portal that I I looked up the answer to. Really? Yeah, because I could not figure it out. So I agree with you. I mean, there were some. There were some horribly difficult puzzles in that first one
0: yeah and yet for some reason i got through them all even even despite the skill required so i found it very odd that when i got to the end of portal two i remember it being chapter nine and i was like i don't think this is the last chapter and then i started to realize oh wait this is obviously the climax which was amazing by the way it was a very well-done climax. The entire chapter is built a, 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 around a big confrontation with the big bad, and and it was really, really well executed. And funny, I, right? Oh, my God. Hilarious. Hilarious. Uh, but, I, but I got to that point, and I realized, I thought to myself, you know, they didn't really push me to, like, my total limit in this game. I, I think they could have gone a little bit further, despite how much I hated Chapter 7. But again, I talked in the last podcast about how I thought that was kind of hard for the wrong reasons. I think they could have gone a little bit further to really push me and just make some ridiculous puzzles where you had to use, like, three or four different kinds of gel and, like, fly through one direction and fly into another. I, I, I kind of wish they would have just done one massive puzzle that was just like a fuck you to the, the player, where it's just like, if you figure this out, you deserve to beat this game, but we're going to make it really hard for you. So I I don't know it's it's I'm kind of weird because I it, on one hand I was bitching and complaining because I couldn't solve one puzzle that wasn't that hard but the other part of me is just like I just want you to ruin me. I just want you to like rip me apart and make me hate this game to get but maybe that's in the challenge rooms, I don't know.
1: Well, you know um the I I think I think you talked about it last week how you really like the test chambers because everything is given to you at the start.
0: Like mm-hmm. nothing
1: is hidden from you. Right. And, and and then you get into that traversal part that's in the middle of the game and the whole point of it is that stuff is hidden from you and you right. have to find it. Right. So it's so unlike ever it's so unlike what you're used to, what the game has trained you to do, that it, it probably it just took you aback so much.
0: Yeah, to a degree. I mean, because I got through some of those traversal chambers, and there's traversal in the first Portal game, so it wasn't, like, a jarring to the point where I couldn't, like, get it, where I was like, wait, but there's no test chamber. I don't know what to do now, you know? It just was It was. It was different. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, overall, the game was amazing, and we have to talk about the ending. So spoiler alert, if you haven't beaten Portal 2, stop listening now because we're going to get into it. Now last week John you said that this is one of the favorite endings you've of all video games, right?
1: Yeah, it really it, it really it really
0: is. I literally thought the exact opposite. I thought this is cheesy. Like I get it. It's such a tongue-in-cheek game. It's really hard to like to find that fine line between what's too cheesy and what's just cheesy enough to get the the player to really like this. <laughs> And I think for you, it was probably, this totally fits the the theme of the game and the tone of the game. And this is the perfect way to end it. And it's very funny. Absolutely. Yeah. And for me, it was, this is a bit much. (laughs) Not that I disliked it. But I I was surprised that it it actually ranked among your... I guess it was more surprised because you had set the expectation of it being one of your favorite endings.
1: Yeah, and, and maybe I... You know how you know how everything is if you overplay it too much, and that it's very easy to be disappointed by something.
0: Yeah, so I think that's that's the only reason that it got me. But if you don't know, once you beat the final boss, um, he's trying to destroy everything, and um, and you look up and you see the moon, and you shoot a portal into the moon, and you suck the the final boss of the game and yourself into outer space on the moon now
1: keep in mind that this has been set up earlier in the game by some some awesome background uh noise from cave johnson when you're moving up where he talks about moon rocks and about how and about how that's what the white gel is made out of so you know i mean they 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 tease it without you knowing it oh yeah Which which I just thought was awesome.
0: And that's actually one of the things I forgot to talk about on last week's podcast, uh, about how brilliant the humor is in that game. Because you go through a a large section of, like, an old science fair, basically, underground, and it's all about how to create electricity using potatoes. And that could have just been a stupid joke. And you could watch and just think to yourself, alright, that's that's kinda of funny, but that's kinda of stupid. But then later you end up plugging in an artificial intelligence into a potato and carrying a potato around with you for the second like half of the game. So it actually it does set it up, and that makes it brilliant. So it's a brilliant game in that it, it doesn't do anything for no reason. There are a couple jokey things, but it never just throws in a super random piece of information just for lulz. So, yeah, the Moonrocks thing does is a callback, which I think is really cool. And I did think it was funny. And then on top of that, the final cutscene was super weird. The one in space? No, the one in space made sense. And I liked that you get sucked back in the portal and then GLaDOS talks to you and kind of, like, saves your life. But then when you go up the elevator and all the robots start singing... <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't think that was fantastic? I was like, what the hell is going on? Do you not remember the end of the first game? I remember all the little robots were around a cake. And, I don't remember the whole and thing. And then
1: GLaDOS sings that song?
0: I remember GLaDOS singing the song, yes.
1: It's basically just just a like a wacky, crazy ending. I I mean it just do you remember the part the part okay, so there's a part in the game where you finish a test chamber, you come down to the next test chamber, and there's a warning that says if you leave and uh, the world has been taken over by an animal king and, you know, they they flashed you an animal king on the background screen. Did you, did yeah. you, did you see I that? I do
0: remember that. I yeah, remember that. And it
1: was really funny. Well, at the end when the robots are singing to you, the, the animal king is in the background singing to you. Like they – oh, I, I cannot believe that you found that <laughs> weird.
0: I missed it. I missed the animal king being there.
1: Okay, yeah. The, the, I think they just – they were just trying to make just a really wacky thing that it didn't necessarily make sense, but it was, it was funny in, in the song was funny. The robots singing to you was funny in their
0: tinny mechanical voices. It was fun. I think the whole thing was just unexpected to me and I didn't know how to react. I didn't dislike it, but it was really random.
1: Okay. And what about, what about the very end scene with, uh, with Weedley in space.
0: You know, it was Wheatley. I thought it was, you know, perfectly acceptable and normal. He,
1: do you like that he didn't actually apologize to you? Uh, did you? Did you catch that? Basically, he's just saying he's sorry. He's sorry that he got caught. He's sorry oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, oh, yes. so, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry things turned out the way they did. They, yes. Oh, God. I just I, the writing in that game. I can't believe that you didn't find that as funny as I did. You could also yeah. be wrong. Um, (laughs) you could also have no sense of humor Uh, you could hate fun and that's okay I I do hate fun
0: I've been known to hate fun and I I liked the Wheatley part I did like the Wheatley part and it's not like I said that I disliked it but I was just very confused it's kind of like the end of 40 year old virgin you remember that I do because he gets there and they have sex and then he starts singing and it becomes a music video and it's like okay I get it I get that they like couldn't really wrap it up any other way so they just went totally ludicrous that's what it felt like the ending absolutely felt like the ending to 40-Year-Old Virgin. And that's, that's not knocking it, but it's, uh, it's certainly not what I expected.
1: I'm sure that, that Valve was probably just sitting around there like, you know what, we sang at the end of the first one with the robots? Like Glad- yeah. GLaDOS sang a song? Let's have her sing again. Only I mean, Let's go bigger. Let's go bigger this time. Let's, have, let's, let's bring all of the comedy, all of the, the punchlines that we've given you throughout the game back into one big song and have GLaDOS sing again.
0: Yeah, I like, I, I like that. I like that. I, th- I think in the last couple of chapters, uh, what I talked about in the last podcast about how you get rewarded with humor for everything that you finish, every chapter you finish, that rings so, so true in chapters 8 and 9. It, it's to the point of... I mean, I was I laughed out loud so many times at that game. So I got the humor for the most part. I mean, I laughed out loud, loud almost every chapter in that game, at least at one point. So it was really well done, and just so funny. Sure, Wheatley's first test chamber that he makes oh is,
1: is probably one of my favorite moments of the entire game.
0: <laughs> Wheatley, the whole... Every test chamber he puts you through, is he's hilarious. Yes, he is. Um, so... I mean overall yes very good. The ending was not what I expected but I'm not going to knock it at all. It was a genius game and I love the ending song that GLaDOS sings. Yeah. That is that is going on my phone so I can have it so I can listen to the MP3.
1: Well, I I, like, I apologize to you if I played up the ending a little a little too much. I just think that it it just the like the idea of because you've, you've you've been using these portals to traverse the environment, I think the mechanics are so cool in terms of like being able to portal to to transport yourself from one place to another, and you oh, yeah. and you don't get a sense of just how far this portal gun can shoot, mm-hmm. and then you look up at the moon and you're like, "I wonder, can I really shoot a portal onto the moon?" and yes, the gun literally has that far of a reach that you can bre- that you can branch the Earth and the moon with yeah. your portals when the most you've been able to do is just across a big, a big chasm. I, I mean, I, like that, that to me is like, holy shit, this gun is, like, legit.
0: <laughs> and yet, it can't shoot uh, certain types of walls.
1: It's, it's got to be moon rocks. It,
0: it, it has to be moon rocks or gray. <laughs> but if you try and shoot a brown wall, no way. No way. You can shoot the moon, but brown wall, no. Hey, you are fucked if you shoot a brown wall.
1: We're still playing a video game here, right? <laughs> so, I mean, there, I think there has, to be, there has to be some sort of, uh, con, uh, you know, you have to consent to some things, unfortunately.
0: It's, it's true. Now, I've heard amazing things about co-op mode, so I'm going to try and play some of that. But I do want to mention really quickly that I did do some of the developer commentary. Uh-huh. Did you do that at all? No, what is that? You can replay through chapters with developer commentary. And uh, above certain devices, like let's say there's there's one of those jumpy things where if you step on it, it launches you uh-huh. across the map. There are little thought bubbles over some of those mechanisms. And if you hit the Use button next to that thought bubble, a, a little track will appear at the bottom of the screen, uh, like an audio track that shows you how long it is. And it says what developer is talking, and the developer says something about that particular puzzle. Um, it is not very good. They didn't do it that well? I was very disappointed. It is, it is very obviously scripted, and I understand exactly why. Um, everyone seems to be read by a different developer. And, of course, developers are not voice actors or theatrical people. They're just developers, mm-hmm. you know? and that's fine and, and granted i only did two chapters using the developer commentary so i've only heard about 12 of the tracks but the game is a very funny very well written hilarious out of control game and the developer commentary is is very sterile i remember one trap was was the developer just reading we in this in this puzzle we originally wanted to launch the player forward Instead, by having the companion cube drop at this angle, we were able to trick the player into thinking that one outcome would occur, while effectively tricking them into launching into a different direction. This is how we achieved this. Like, that is literally what it sounds like. Yeah,
1: that's definitely a different tone from the rest of the game, to be sure.
0: <laughs> I, I know. And they don't say it like, it's not monotone or really poorly delivered. It's just not really that Interest. It's a little interesting, I guess, but it's it's just not... It doesn't add as much to the game as I think it could have. I wish they would have taken a writer and had them write creatively in order to explain the puzzle. Like, instead of saying, we realized during the testing period that this puzzle was too difficult, maybe they could have said... <laughs> We tried to do the puzzle this way, but people were too stupid to figure it out. So instead, you know, just a little bit of irreverence in there and a little bit of sarcasm, maybe? To be
1: fair, it's not like they didn't give you an awesome experience throughout the course of the game. And who knows, maybe it was just something that they tacked on at the very end.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I'm glad the developers got to be heard. And I'm not knocking the developers. Like, if, if 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 our listener was a developer on Portal Two, I'm not I'm not telling you you know you did a bad job. I just think they could have done more. So for those of you who are thinking about doing the game over with developer commentary, you know maybe do one chapter if you really like that chapter. But it's it's really nothing to write home about. Hey, talk
1: about. about the music for a second, or let's talk about the music for a second because the the music of the game is. Um There's no, there's no vocal music. There's no, I don't really think none of it is scored or anything like that. But the way that the music in this game is set up is as you are moving through the environment, depending on the different little trappings of the puzzle that you're in, the music changes. And I think it is done so well.
0: Oh, it's done extraordinarily well, and the music when they do play music, like during the climactic scene at the end, is really good music. Yeah,
1: but uh, like to give you an example, say there are three switches you need to hit. You, yeah. you know, you you need to have you need to have um, uh, cubes on. Um, you'll put a cube on the first one, and uh, you know a single line of music will start to play, and it'll just con- it'll loop. Yeah. It'll loop over and over again, and it'll continue to play. Um, and then you will have to step on a. Uh, like a launching pad that'll launch to the other side of the room. Well, you'll step on that launching pad. And as you're launching, the line will speed up very quickly as you're flying through the air. And then when you land, it will slow back down again. That's
0: right. It, it's done so smoothly I didn't even realize that. And then
1: you'll put a cube on the second uh, on like the second uh pad that it needs to be on and a second line of music will play. And you'll step on the launcher again and then both lines will speed up very quickly as you're as you're flying through the air and then they will stop. And then you'll you'll have to go through a different mechanism like one of those um near the end of the game they have these tubes that push and pull you across the room. And you'll get into one of those yeah. and the, the there'll be a third line of ambient music that'll play over the background that'll only be playing when you're in this this tube of of light and then once you're out of that yeah. that line of music will will drop out but the other two lines of music are still playing and it all fits together all of those lines of music fit together so they just keep building on each other and the the pace of the music will change depending on if you're moving differently throughout the environment like if you're running on an orange on the orange goo that makes you run fast the music will go very quickly oh, yeah. Like, the, I thought, and, and like you just said, you didn't even realize it was happening, probably because of how well it was done.
0: Yeah, it's done so smoothly, I never consciously thought about it, but now that you mention it, I absolutely know exactly what you're yeah, talking
1: about. Yeah, the and music, the music is this really cool, like, science fiction-y, uh, kind of uh, house-y, just ambient ambient sound. Oh, yeah.
0: It fits, it fits very well. It's like, uh, it's like Legend of Zelda meets Deus Ex
1: something like that yeah
0: well um play portal 2 if you haven't already it's not that long of a game and it's so worth it at the end if you get stuck on a puzzle or two you know what if you really hate it so much you feel like walking away from the game just google how to fix it google how to solve it and then do that
1: i like the idea of fixing it
0: fix 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 it fix fix the puzzle (laughs) fix the puzzle it's it's broken just fix it uh yeah fix it you know google it get it done, move on, bang it. I don't care what the fuck you do, just do it.
1: Yeah, it's still it's still such a good game though, and it is so worth playing. I would recommend that game as as again, it's one of my favorite games of last year.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to go ahead and download that uh the last song from the game cuz man, I love it. So, you can
1: definitely look forward to us talking about Final Fantasy 13 probably for the next few weeks. <laughs>
0: Final Fantasy Thirteen Two. 2 2 yeah. Probably for the next few weeks, I would imagine. And I think I may return to Steam next week. I have some Steam games that are catching my eye that I may look into. Who
1: knows? You can probably get them on the cheap. Um, unfortunately, True. we're recording on a Monday, but Space, Space Pirates and Zombies actually was on sale for... A th- 399 over the weekend so i did send out a tweet to our listener who uh from what i understand bought it so that's nice that's one new sale right just another plug though to to continue to check on steam because the deals there are awesome if you catch them
0: Mm -hmm. uh and another plug to tweet john at eat play game
1: is that right that's right all one word and you can tweet cody at what i believe is at producer cody correct
0: yes it sure is although i use the term loosely Correct the, the or term correct? The term correct. I use the term correct loosely. Well, you used the term correct. I'm interpreting it loosely.
1: Gotcha. See, see no how that idea. works? I have absolutely no idea what you said.
0: Yeah, all right. All right. Well, listener, leave a comment on our iTunes feed uh, before we have to hunt you down and force you to do it against your will. Um, and we will talk to you next week.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing. Please
0: leave us comments. Leave us comments on either our, our website. That's uh, unqualified.podbean.com.
1: Right, unqualified.podbean.com or on the iTunes, uh, on iTunes. Correct. Thanks a lot for listening, listener.